love the Vuvuzela. <laughs> it's, you're so timely. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Staying on top of things. Right, right. Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast 1993. I'm uh, professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is Amy Kay. Hello. And MJ. Hello. You can find us on uh, the Everyone's a Critic social media pages because Amy's still, you know, not uh, still trying to post things on her wall. <laughs> Nobody, as... Nobody's coming by, though. It's weird. <laughs> it's like they don't know where I live. It's, I really need to put my, my address out there for everybody. It's so empty. It's so empty. It's so it's like just, I, just, I, no one ever comments anymore. So just throwing comments up on the, <laughs> on the poll outside no, we your are, house. We, and we will have that up. We will have that up, actually, because... Uh, MJ and I are going to start our Umbrella Academy podcast as well. And so we're going to do them kind of in tandem so we can actually have uh, much more of a presence for everyone's critic and uh, whatever the hell we call our Umbrella Academy <laughs> podcast. Did we come up with a name? I, thought I we did, but you did, yeah. you're like, oh, that, that's okay. But like, it's not good enough for me. It's either it you're on, excited about it or you're not. What was on? Uh, it was on text, so I couldn't seem that excited about it. <laughs> Because, you know, text. I think it was a case of Umbrella Academy or something like that. It's yeah. raining mutants. There's only one real mutant. <laughs> I think it's killed. I've never seen the show. Yeah, it'd be nice if you, uh, <laughs> if you would, because uh, otherwise you're not going to understand. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I we're going to have that uh, in, uh, pretty soon. I'm thinking probably next week our Patreon will be up, but we need to discuss what we're going to actually be. It, it's that. raining, Robert. That's my own personal <laughs> podcast, and it's it's really late night, so uh, it's not suitable for anybody over fifty, actually, or anyone under five. That's the that's from the Twitch stream you do in your car that's on right. your way to work. <laughs> they love that it. Nobody else can hear. Yeah, it's not actually on Twitch. But I I do put Robbie's uh, standy in uh, in my passenger seat, buckle him in, and we talk. It's just about life and nipples. Most record it on a cassette player. Exactly. <laughs> and then I just throw it out into the wind. <laughs> Somebody pick this up. <laughs> I love that podcast. It's great. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. on the side of the road. Right. <laughs> so we tried to watch uh, Super Mario Brothers, and uh, we found out that, did you know that Super Mario Brothers is not available? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's like they don't want us to see the, the terrible <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie they made because they've got a, a, a what reportedly is a good Super Mario. Have you seen it? I've seen it. And yeah. Was it good? Um, it. I, I, I thought it was cute. Yeah, don't get excited like, about it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I tone thought it, it was down. I, I didn't mind it. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think it was fun. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Uh, ringing endorsement. It's no Bob Hoskins, which I think actually in his in his there's a proviso in his will that said, "Please burn that film <laughs> if I die." It's like people, you know, you just don't want people going through your shit after you, you're dead. Get you rid of, of Bob Hoskins. <laughs> exactly. Please, please don't do this to us. <laughs> let, let my let, let our father live peacefully. <laughs> don't show anybody this movie. Agreed. Exactly. Meanwhile, John Leguizamo's family's crying. Please, oh. we want everyone to see this. <laughs> This art that was left behind. <laughs> he gets 10 bucks every time it's shown. Come on. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about Boiling Point earlier. Super Mario Brothers should be available just to punish Dennis Hopper. <laughs> <for having laughs> <finished Boiling> Point. <laughs> it was, 
That should be the way that goes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Sorry. MJ, you officially come around on the idea that Boiling Point is the worst movie we've watched. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even worse than Hexed. Yes. Well, that's because the thing is, is like you can't remember Boiling Point. No, it's completely blocked out in my memory because of how <laughs> terrible it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tired. It made me fall into a coma. You were really depressed after that. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I hated it. It was so, so boring. It sped up, you know, like sped up my, uh, my menopause. Like, I was fine before that. And then all of a sudden, like, my body just shut down and said, you know what? You're old now. Just <laughs> Wesley Snipes took away my ability to care. It aged you like 20 years. You like, should see it's... my face. You should see every part of me. It's all sad and droopy. <laughs> Thanks, Wesley. <laughs> so, with without Super Mario Brothers, uh, we we're forced to look around at what actually came out this weekend instead of last weekend. And <laughs> Yeah, right. There are only two movies, and neither one of them is particularly well-remembered. Uh, the one is a Donald Sutherland thriller that I can't remember the title of. If it's not him saying, j'accuse, then I don't want to see it. <laughs> but yeah. And the other is Life with Mikey, starring uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, Nathan Lane. Of course, Michael J. Fox, uh, just recently in the news with an incredible documentary about his life as it is now. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as, as sad as that is, uh, that he's no longer going to be able to act and I hate it. I hate it. Because yeah. to me, he's like one of the, especially like to, to those of us that, you know, grew up on Family Ties and then Back to the Future. And he's just, he's still, I mean, like even interviews that I've seen today, he still has that charm in him that we just adore. He and, made James Woods tolerable in uh, the hard did. way. That's so true. <laughs> and that's, that's a high fucking feat. Because <laughs> James Woods he's, is horrible. He's utterly repellent. He is and, repellent, but yes. He, but when he's with Michael J. Fox, he doesn't seem that bad. He's you not know? So bad. Michael J. Fox makes him look like a nice guy. We can just pretend with Michael. <laughs> God bless him. Bless his heart. <laughs> well, and so, it, it, you know, with this film, too, it's it's interesting because, again, Michael J. Fox himself was a child star. Yeah. I mean, how I, mean, I was just going to I was going to look it up and see how old he was when he started Family Ties. But he was in his you know early teens. Family Ties was what, 81, 82? Yeah, maybe 83. It was it was around that time. And I'm not sure how old he was when that when that came out. 82. You're right. 82 to 89. Yeah, quite quite young when he was on there. Um, And that's so this this movie is actually quite designed for him really, mm. since it's about him being a child star. So. Yeah, he was a child star on a TV series, and I uh, grew up to be an agent, but he's also a, a fuck-up who can't make it to work on time and doesn't enjoy his job and is really not good at his job. Uh, and his brother Nathan Lane has to kind of carry him and find all the talent that they carry, which are kids. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they agent for little kids, and we see a lot of uh, really terrible auditions. Lots uh, of white kids <laughs> with, with, with zero talent. Except for Judy, you know, who can sing like Ethel Merman. <laughs> we love Judy. I feel like that's a trope from the early 90s. It is. I, like, there are some people who just grew up hating Ethel Merman and just had just had anybody that they didn't care for that was would be doing an Ethel Merman impression. You know, it's funny because um, our grandmother put me in um, acting and singing classes in 1990, 91. Um, and I would go spend the night at her house on Sundays and she would take me down to go do these things. And there was this one girl who I will never forget, got up there. She did two songs. And I again, it's my first night 
and I, I, you know, she, she's like, oh, she could tell she was the star of the class, and there's about 10 of us in there. She gets up there, and the first thing she does is a fucking Ethel Merman song, and then she sings the song called She's a Lion or something like that, and instead of, like, singing it, she's screaming it into the microphone, and then she's done. And that's why it's like I'm looking at these kids in this film going, I know them. I, that, I, I was in a class. I didn't last in that class. I think I, I finally told our grandma, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, just not, it's not for me. Thank you. I'm not an asshole. But, but except for Judy. I love Judy in this movie. <laughs> if I know who plays Judy, actually, I would see if she's, the, she's I was to. looking it up during the movie, and uh, none of the none of the child stars went on to do anything beyond this, aside from David Krumholtz and uh, a little bit of the young woman who uh, plays uh, the the little girl in the movie, who is uh, still working today, still yeah. does a lot of work uh, yeah. today. In fact, Christina Vidal, yeah, she was on a show called Taina back in the early two thousands, and I hated that show so much <laughs> and the theme song. <laughs> Way to sell her to everybody. Exactly, <laughs> but no, she she's gone on yeah to do to do so much more. And uh, no, I, it, she, it wasn't even her. Like it was just like you know she's a fine actress. I just thought it was a stupid show. Mm. But I only had to watch it because I was you know babysitting nieces. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Mandy Patinkin was in this. When I, I didn't see him. Apparently, he was supposed to play the guy who early on in the film Michael J. Fox hits that guy's car with a ball with using a hockey ah, stick and it was supposed to be it was, the boss was supposed to be played by mandy patinkin but apparently they just cut that scene i guess you oh. cut a scene with him out of it my god <laughs> he's 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 a power you know it, it's a weird choice yeah. yeah and to still have him be credited yeah uh, in the movie <laughs> <laughs> right but you cut him out but they kept in the guy who played his bodyguard yeah <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> It really, uh, he stole the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. It was that, oh, that guy. <laughs> Angry guy or irate man number one. Irate man. Yeah. So. Uh, so he meets this little girl on Angie Vega on the street. Uh, she's stolen his wallet. Uh, and then she's stealing other wallets and she gets caught. And he sees her, uh, you know, putting on this performance to try and get out of trouble. And so he determines that she's like a, a really great actress uh, based yeah. on that. And. Uh, decides to sign her up and make her his client, and that's pretty much the movie. She's um, a plucky little kid. That one. <laughs> she, she has lots of wallets. <laughs> lots of wallets. Yeah. Oh, there are so many wallets. So many wallets. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't find the one that she needed to return to the <laughs> <Yeah>. government. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, it's like that that kind of trope. I I, I feel like we've seen before. Yes, I was just gonna say that yeah. this is like a. A child like I didn't curly, curly suit Sue. this. Yeah, that was one of that was the first thing that you know, like yeah, she's just you know this little plucky kid that's uh, living on the streets of New York, and and you know yeah. What is it? You know, it's it's a trope that's been out of style. I don't, you'll you'll maybe you can speak to this, MJ, in, in terms of modern entertainment. Like, do you ever see orphans as characters anymore on TV? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of them unless they're um, adults. There's well, I, there's a couple of them, but they're usually. Uh, what the only thing that comes to my mind right now? Um, there's a <laughs> a show called Danger Force, um, oh and uh, it's uh, it, it portrays these two little orphans um, as not knowing what, not knowing barely anything, and almost Amish. They wear these like like old, and, and they have British accents, <laughs> and they wear these very old clothes, and they just kind of, and, and people just kind of, like, 
the whole town knows about them. They're just like kind of wandering around. I don't know what they do. But they're not plucky kids that are stealing your wallets and shit. <laughs> no, they were very, very polite little children. Like they were just like, well, this is what we have to do. And this is our life. And Sounds sad. It, it, it honestly it. is kind of sad. Well, I mean, the, the, the uh, image of orphans was basically sealed in 1968 by Oliver. Uh, the yeah. the Oliver musical, which is a terrible film, yeah, that of course won Best Picture for the Academy Awards. No one can fucking know why. It's fucking garbage. But nevertheless, it's that after that, like all orphans are like uh, little tiny adult criminals. They have who, to be who steal, wear so rags. Fast. They all wear rags. They wear rags. I, I like it <laughs> when they with the fingerless and, uh, gloves. Usually, the fingerless gloves. <laughs> yeah, and they've got the the flat cap. The dandy hat, yeah, <laughs> that, that floppy little thing, and then they, they always take it off so they can eat their gruel. <laughs> Um, the, this is the sort of the modernization of that because she gets to wear actual human clothes as right. opposed to the orphan rags. And not to mention, I mean, of course, you know, it's, you know, white writers. <laughs> they just love Oliver. They, you know, they love a plucky kid down on their luck. You know, and then she, you know, that, that was the other thing, too. I, I, I feel this is there's a whole thing about, about you know, Angie saying, you know, my, my parents are dead, you mm-hmm. know, Um so she just, you know, walks the streets or whatever. She's living with her sister and her sister's boyfriend or whatever that is. But then all of a sudden to say, no, the dad is alive. I just felt like that <laughs> felt a little forced in there. Yeah. A bit. Is that just me? It definitely did, especially since it had a plot hole. Um, because he couldn't have had custody of her from a rehab center. It's not legal. Like, you can't. You can't have custody of your children if while you're, in, you're in a rehab facility. It would go to either the foster care system or, or to her sister. To her sister. I thought that too. See, and to me, yeah, that's and so her sister would have been perfectly fine to be the one to sign the contract. Exactly. exactly. That was a bit of forced drama that the movie, yeah, puts, I, pushes in there. That basically the contrivance of the the start of the third act is uh, <laughs> Mr. Lebowski, uh, <laughs> David Huddleston, yes, uh, as the as the operator of a cookie company. Who has hired the little girl to be their spokesperson? He's upset, and he says that they signed the contract illegally because her father is still alive, and it's this little contrived thing. And I mean, it's one of those annoying plot points too, where he could just solve it with a conversation. Yeah, you know. Yep. <laughs> but but that had to be the that one. Yeah, that that third act kind the of. The thing is, this movie doesn't have a third act. Really? No, <laughs> this movie slaps you in the face with its dick right at the end. I'm telling you. I mean, but okay, we should we should, you know preface that with it. It's a cute, you know it. It was a we were enjoying it. You know, yeah, we genuinely it enjoying movie. it. It's a cute movie, but yeah, it's like it just everything just kind of felt like just stuffing shit in there at the end, and then not really giving us a a proper third act. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it yeah. didn't really have like an ending. Ending. We don't know where anybody went. Yeah. Like, no, there's, we, there's we a don't party. Know, we don't know whether she <laughs> stayed with her dad or went with him. We don't know whether. I think we have we to assume that, right? Yeah. We have to assume that. I don't like to assume things in film. That's a, that's one of the like weird twists on convention that they do is having the dad be like a really nice guy who's like, yeah, I don't care if you put my daughter in commercials or whatever. That's right. Cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, and he he must have gone into rehab for a reason, and so now it's like meal tickets, you know. <laughs> but I didn't get that. I didn't get Ruben it Blades either. And I love Ruben Blades. So I was like really uh, happy to see him. No, in they, this. they totally didn't give him a character because his yeah. character is basically just like, yeah, that's that's fine. And I'll be home in a little bit. And, uh, you know, I would like her to come home and 
and uh, live it, live with me, but I really don't have a problem with anything else. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I honestly really like that because it's more realistic. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I, I was gone for a while, and it's like it, she found a way to make something of herself. Like, yeah, she did that, and yeah, he was fine with it. It just I like it. It just was weird. It, it just, was weird. It's like it was a weird add in. Yeah, and it's like they forgot to finish the film. So, yeah, <laughs> shit. How do we want to end this, you guys? Is there a tweet? We'll have, Nathan, she has a dad now. we'll have Nathan Lane be conflicted for no good reason. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Lane does play those those characters where he's like, you know, he's just a really uptight New Yorker and he's just, you know, I got bills to pay. I got bills to pay. You know, he plays that very well. In this, this. kid's going to put braces on my kid. <laughs> I can't make my mortgage, Mikey. I mean, the whole, the whole thing, it, it, that's very much uh, a Nathan Lane role. So it does make sense that he did. But again, all all, all just very basic tropey yeah. motivations that are not uh, not well enforced. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a relatively weakly told story, and it really it's as if like, hey, we hired Michael J. Fox. Let's just let him be charming, and that'll be enough. But that worked for you, MJ. It, that worked. See, with him and the kid. They just they had enough that I it like made that. it it made it fun. Like even if it wasn't like cohesive enough, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's not one that you're going to actively seek out, but I mean, at least, it, you know, it, it wasn't Boiling Point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you remember this movie. I only remember the opening scene of Boiling Point, just the random, for some reason, we're upset that this guy's dead. We don't know him, but he's dead. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I, I just remember that, and then rest of the movie, blank. Yeah. Was I hungover? <laughs> I don't remember any of that in the opening. I was probably hungover. This movie, 25% of the 12 critics that gave the film a positive review with three fresh and nine rotten. Wow. Box office, 12.4 million. I, I didn't realize people hated this movie that much. Yeah. Because it's not a movie that deserves any hate. It doesn't no, deserve I mean, it's, hate. It's, 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 it's not good. No. I mean, in terms of structure, structurally, it's not sound. Uh, the third act is a you know complete disaster. But yeah. I mean, Michael J. Fox is incredibly charming. He, he just is. I would watch him do anything. You know, you, you, like it's funny that you should, because you mentioned it in the film that you just didn't buy him smoking. <laughs> He's not a, are there no. a list of actors who can smoke in movies? Uh, yeah. like Robert Mitchum is the greatest smoker in history. Like yeah. nobody can smoke like Robert Mitchum in a movie. Michael J. Fox just doesn't seem natural, like a natural smoker. It right. seems like somebody gave this to him. Like, well, this is something that we wouldn't expect a child star to do. <laughs> he didn't inhale and, and and like he he put out so many very yeah. long yeah. cigarettes yeah. Like just, it's like you just wasted a pack of lucky strikes there you asshole <laughs> some of us can't afford that kind of, that kind of cigarette sorry but that, that's true yeah that's yeah they seem to assign him a bunch of traits that would be against like you know the image of a child star but then mikey was a fuck up on tv too so i mean it's true that's so the he, whole point of the tv series i guess it's like he actually grew up to be Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> I think I grew up to be Mikey, too. It's weird. Because I do live exactly like that guy's life. It's to the funny. point where everything you do, you lead it back to your catchphrase. Can I get off on good behavior? Exactly. I guess I can get <laughs> off on good behavior. I should tell you that. I've been told that many times. I just I was obsessed with that during the movie in my head. Like, the amount of work they have to do to build to that as a catchphrase. Yeah. yeah. So much effort. 
you have to imagine like every episode that he does has to be built around him getting into trouble and his mom good dad going oh mikey you're Uh, in trouble can i get off on good good behavior (laughs) when would you say it though (laughs) no i would just change like i just said i would change it around i would say Yes, I can get up. <laughs> and everybody would look at me weird. Can we talk about the music, too, in this shot? Oh, the music is terrible. Alan fucking Menken. Really? Yes. This is the worst out, worst thing Alan Menken's ever done. It's, there's, there's, it's for a film, like, okay, I get it. I get it. So it's, what, one of his depictions, so we're talking, like, kind of a Disney. It, yeah. It's got that kind of a thing to it. It wants to be whimsical, but it's not whimsical. It doesn't fit the tone. It doesn't at all. Because there's, no. it's not that this movie is gritty or anything, but no. it's a, it's, you know, it's not trying to be sappy and sentimental either. It doesn't have because it doesn't really have that. Yeah. I mean, it want. I mean, it, I certainly that that was where it should be going. Maybe. Yeah. Is sappy and sentimental, but it doesn't have that. Like certainly, she's not playing that. Right. She's no. not playing sappy and sentimental. He's not playing sappy and sentimental. No, thank God they didn't. But the the music is, and it could just be also like the the mixing on on like the home video version is just terrible because it's way too loud and and incredibly pushy. Yeah, Uh, it it invades into scenes, which some of that is certainly I I have to I have to believe that's the mixing. Maybe if it were lower, it might not be so intrusive. Yeah, but it's also just incredibly mundane and not really fitting with this movie. It's like it sounds like something like well, Alan's already made this music. And yeah, this hey, is, you know I got some you know in my closet we, right here. We've hired Alan; he's yep. given us access to his closet. Just go in there and find something <laughs> that we can put in this movie. Like, I don't feel like he's actually scoring the film and while watching it. You know, exactly, exactly. It's like, yeah, just, just tape that. There. <laughs> just grab some of these. Right, right. I'm Alan Mickens' assistant. Uh, <laughs> he recorded this a couple of years ago for a movie that didn't get made. There you go. You can have just this. The sound of a toilet flushing that works. I didn't sign. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. No, it, it, no, I wanted to mention too. There, I think there was one scene that I actually I didn't mind the music, and but I mean it was it was a snippet. It's when kind of we have this moment between um, Angie and Michael's character, where you know they went out, and they had this really great day, and then they get home, and she it, it wasn't cheesy like she, the way that she kind of leaned into him just to give him a hug real quick, and then she doesn't want to look at him. Like of course we kind of expected a scene like this to happen eventually, but the, the music over that was probably the only good, but it, again, it was like five seconds. Yeah. So that was probably the only place where the, the music made sense, but everywhere else it was just a nightmare. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, that's just me. Yeah. I, I, I know you said, I know you said you like uh, hearing Cindy Lauper in this. I think that I was Cindy Lauper's absolute worst song. Oh, well, of course it is, but it's, I mean, at least it's, it's Cindy and Cindy's well, actually Cindy acting Lopper in the movie too. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Playing a, a ditzy secretary. Not since again, Vibes had we trope. seen her on screen, right? Yeah. I think Vibes was the last movie that she did. Ever, yeah, it's again, it's a trope of these movies where it's like, well, they're a low budget agency, so of course they can only hire like the, the worst possible secretary. That typical New Yorker, yeah. <laughs> but she's very dumb and very dumb. She can't, she can't do dictation and, <laughs> and she can barely answer the phone. She's listening to her Walkman while she works. And she also is the piano player for <laughs> all of their auditions. <laughs> there is a great moment though there when, when she's playing that song and she's she's doing the, the, the back and then Michael J. Fox comes up and just like, What song were you playing? I, I did like I that. Love that song. Me too. What song were you playing? Yes, there it is. That was a great moment. That was a great moment. Well, so. Michael J. Fox, I mean, that sitcom training kicking in. He knows how to deliver a punchline. Absolutely, he does. You know? Yeah. 
I don't Wonder. like I said, I don't feel like this movie deserves that level of hatred. Hatred, yeah. but also like it doesn't it's not a movie that invites that level of scrutiny either. No, because ultimately it's just for me it's just it's just kind of forgettable of the nineties, you know? It's like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the name of the movie, I remember it, you know, growing up, but it's it doesn't deserve, you know, tomatoes being thrown at it. <laughs> what is it with the people just seeing Michael J. Fox's persona as lovable like scamp? Ladies' man, con artist. Kind of, kind of <laughs> typical Michael J. Fox. Like thing. every movie is like yeah. him. Just he's a hustler. You, yeah, but he's, he's hustling a scam, from underneath, but and he's, he's a, a scam. he's a scam. Oh, he's charming. Yeah, you know, like, the menace all grown up. The uh, movie he made with Her- Helen Slater, uh, "Secret of My Success." I fucking love That's that a movie. Great movie to this Best fucking soundtrack. Day. Best soundtrack. Best soundtrack ever. Oh my god! <laughs> Night Ranger writing the, the the main song with the title in it. Fantastic. Well done. Oh. Super, yeah, uh, and then but then there, he did for love of, for the love of money oh, with yeah. Uh, yeah I can't remember that actress's name now but uh, yeah that that's like another one where he's like this hustler he works at a hotel and he he hustles to get like Broadway tickets and he's selling them on the side and yeah. he's got all sorts of scams going on why yeah. did that become Michael J Fox's character <laughs> Gabrielle Anwar Gabrielle Anwar yeah yeah. yeah. She was a flavor of the month back she in that really time. She really was. Very 90s. Yeah. Very 90s there. Yeah. And you have no idea who that is. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I think the last thing she did was Burn Notice, and nobody watched that either. I love Burn Notice. I uh, see Sean watched it. <laughs> Although, I'm also a 65-year-old man. <laughs> you look so good. <laughs> Bruce Campbell was in Burn Notice, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. Uh, see, I'd watch it for Bruce yeah, Campbell. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um... <laughs> funny what now yeah you... uh, interestingly enough uh a man who turned this role down actually probably would have been like made this a very different movie but maybe been a little bit more fitting of that style of character eddie murphy this was written with eddie murphy in mind i can't see that really no the lovable scam that. artist to it you know, yeah but see, for, in, for that to work, we, if it's if it was going to be Eddie Murphy, yeah, you'd need like he would have to have that girlfriend that he keeps trying to. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a big that's a big thing. Eddie Murphy cannot do a movie without a love interest. Nope. He can't do it. And she would and she would be constantly annoyed by him. She'd be breaking up with him. <laughs> and then Angie, the character, would keep like the girlfriend would stick around because she really likes Angie. And then eventually they'd adopt her, and then that's the end of the movie. It is interesting though that no love interest for Michael J. Fox's character in this yeah, movie. I mean, he yeah, had one, he had one little makeup session with the uh, with a girl that he was lying to Annabelle Gurwitch. Yeah, I mean, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yes, because he only represents kids, but he told her that he he'd represent her. Yeah, yeah. Was she reading Shakespeare? Yeah, terribly. I think something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't sound forced at all, Annabelle. That was a great, great read. Great you just read. tell like this was made by people from New York doing New York jokes, like. Having a little boy who yeah. auditions constantly doing like Strindberg or Neil Simon. I love that kid. And then he, he has, he, he just kept persevering. He kept coming back with a new act each time. Yeah. He, he tried it all. I tried did, it all. I did crack up when he was like later in the movie. He's like, he's like still dressed as like a Neil Simon character and he's still all grumpy and, and like Strindberg actor, but he's also like wearing a red nose and, and, juggling apples. <laughs> I love that. I do love that. If Woody that was Allen great. wasn't such a creep, that would be a movie I would watch. <laughs> Make Give that kid a movie. You know? 
Yeah, I love that. That was fantastic. Actually, a lot of those kids that uh, that did the auditions, I really thoroughly enjoyed. What are you laughing that, at? Uh, oh, you were yawning. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we boring you? I'm tired. I'm very tired. That's right. I'm going to take a nap afterwards. Okay. It'll be fine. Anyway. Favorite scene in the movie? Uh, I I don't know if I could pick. Um, well, I, you I were really... cleaning out your watch for a good portion, so. Well, that, um, sometimes I need something to do with my hands. Um, <laughs> uh, I... I don't know. I really liked the scenes of the two of them in the apartment that mm-hmm. when they were just kind of like they were bickering or just like, but I've always loved that trope since I was like a little kid yeah. is that little like just walk into somebody like it's it's somebody else's house that's not your parents and you want to hang out there and you want to like yeah. have <laughs> that other relationship. I don't know. You oh like, my god! Oh my god! That's that's you two. It literally kind of is. Like you just walk in here like you're fucking like you you live here and just like, that is pretty true that actually. all the time. Like, I, mean, I yeah. MJ would literally come down here just to take a nap. Yeah. So I mean, and and it's like, oh, you're coming down? Yeah. What do you mean? Randomly Let's walk in your house and MJ's here making yeah. food. There's food. Yeah. <laughs> Got something on the TV. <laughs> Why are you here? I don't know. I just felt like it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go hang out in my room. But that is, that is, that, but that's always been us. Yeah. Since you were little, little. So and that's, I think that, well, that was part of the reason why I liked it because, I mean, I was not close with my parents and then, but I had somewhere else to go. It was like, always me. It we're was like, close. <laughs> we're even, we're so close right now that yeah. our elbows are well, almost touching. <laughs> Both your parents are in rehabs. So. <laughs> we weren't going to bring that up. But, you know, we just kind of felt like that we should talk about that. Actually, this is an intervention. Your parents are both in rehab, and they don't want you anymore. So you have to you have to live here now. It'd be so weird to have my mother in rehab. Yeah, I don't know what she'd be in rehab for. Never... Hoarding? Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hoarding rehab. Hoarding. There should be a rehab Really should. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. Bandy TV series. Uh, <laughs> we can put it on TV. We can we could put yeah, it we can make some life. money off of that. Yeah, let's okay. call your mom at the rehab center. <laughs> don't worry, I'll drive up there without you. <laughs> the things that you own that you don't know you own. There, <laughs> there are so many. It's probably in the van. Just so go check many. the van. Oh, literally. <laughs> mom just cleaned the van a few days ago, so one of them is fine. The other yes. van. Yes. Oh, that I wanted to mention. Okay, yeah. so uh, Victor Garber, mm-hmm. what a fucking waste in this movie. He yeah. plays a rival agent at a much larger talent agency who's trying to poach clients from Chapman and Chapman. So why couldn't we have something a little bit more dastardly for him to do? You like, know what I mean? Totally he stole be... their biggest client. What more do you want? That, but that, yeah, but barely. <laughs> like, I would have <laughs> liked to have seen. Yeah, I mean... he did it. It would have been cool to have him, like you know. He's sliding contracts over to Barry and that kind of thing. And, and we know what's going to happen. He's like, all right, then you're going to Disney. And then Barry comes bursting into the office of Chapman and Chapman saying, fuck you guys, I'm out. You know, and then he goes. <laughs> like, I would have liked to see that. That, yeah. And Just they, misusing of Victor Garber. They didn't, and they didn't, like, you, they only had one scene with him, really. Yeah. It was just that one scene. And it was like, what a place. Okay. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, he. He showed off his little thing for a minute, and then he's gone. And then he's just this idea. And yeah. it's like, we could have made that into a bigger thing, and it would have made more sense and for I that to him. be the problem. Right. It well, I mean, it would have made more sense in the third act to have, like, an actual villain. Yeah. <laughs> well put. 
because we're still asking uh, editor Robert Layton where the fuck <laughs> the third act is. You just forget it. He's like, oh, this is going to go on the floor for now. We'll put it back later. Manny don't need that. Don't need that. <laughs> we better we better include this one scene with Christine Baranski being the whitest person in New York. <laughs> Which her character's name is Carol. She even gets a name, and she's in there for what two minutes? Yeah. Two minutes. <laughs> All right. No, I mean he could have had you know. That I and again, this is a trope, and it's like the easiest fucking writer thing to do. But like he hits the car with the with the uh, puck, and it leaves a dent. And then you know he, the the bodyguard comes over and threatens him, and is like, "Okay, I gotta go. I've got to get to this. I gotta get my one of these kids to an audition." And then he takes him to the audition, and the bar and the bodybuilder, you know, b- bodyguard is there. And inside is Manny Patinkin, whose car he hit. Like, there's your scene. Oh, there's there your comic. There's your comic tension. Right. You know, give Easily. me something of that. <laughs> I mean, That'd be very interesting. We'd like to go to all these new places and option to uh, <laughs> remake this film. We've got some ideas. We've got a third act. We've got a third act for it. <laughs> David Crumholtz is going to play Mikey in it, <laughs> just so he can actually be in the movie as an as an adult. By the way. <laughs> Which again, I I, I love him. Yeah. I do love him. It was, it, it's he played a very David Crumholtzian kind of character, the serial king. Yeah, the serial king, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring very much of that energy from like the little baby from who's who framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly, <laughs> precisely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I'm looking at this at this list of of who is in it. Mary Clayton was in this as a uh, Angie's teacher, and I don't they list her as Mary Alice, but you never seen her? You don't know I know Mary her. Alice very well, yes. You know Mary She's Alice? Well, well-known actress. Yeah, actually. well, anyway. But I, li- I, liked, I like to see her in this movie. <laughs> she was only in it for like two minutes. Yeah. Everybody that mattered was only in this movie for like two minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. Except for, you know, I love Michael J. Fox. I mean, in that way, I mean, Michael J. Fox is in every scene. And this right. is entirely focused on him. The movie does not leave his perspective yeah. the entire time. There are no scenes without him. Yeah. You're right. Ah, wrong. Wait. School. School. Yep. But even he came into the school on one. At of one them. point, you're right. Yeah. 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 God, I always have to just <laughs> devil's advocate. I just, I just have to be right. <laughs> what else is uh, James L- Lapine? Lapine. What else has he done? Uh, this was his first film. I know that much. <laughs> it was his um... last. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so happy. Oh. He's done a lot of theater work. He, he's mostly worked in theater. Uh, okay. The, other than this, uh, he. Did not do much. He did the terrible screenplay for Into the Woods. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I hate a lot. I hate Into the Woods a yeah, great deal. I liked it. <laughs> but uh, do you have any idea who wrote the screenplay for this movie? Uh, that was uh, Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence, yeah. Mark Lawrence. He, he, he was written a lot of different stuff. He wrote Forces of Nature. Uh, Forces of Nature. <laughs> that yeah. Oh, you wrote the terrible script for Out of Towners. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, Out of that Towners. That was god awful. Oh, no, he directed. Oh, oh god, he's awful. Did you Never hear mind. about the Morgans? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Those are all terrible movies. Oh, god, yeah. <laughs> That's not okay. Oh, Noel. But he was oh, he, he yeah. was a he was a writer and executive producer on uh, Family Ties. Oh, which that would make sense. Yeah. But he did Miss Congeniality, which I love that movie. That one's all right. M- music and lyrics isn't a terrible. <gasps> Movie. I love music and lyrics. It's cute. <laughs> no, I, mean, I saw that in the movie theater with my mom, and we both, we adored it. We loved it. But yeah, every time yeah. I hear Miss Congeniality, I think of how Chandler just really loved that. Movie. 
<laughs> a great friends through line right there. That's excellent. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not something that you're going to go and seek out again. Like, I'm not going to sit down and go, oh, I feel like it's a life no, of Mikey like Day. 30, you know? 30 years later, this movie is not remembered. No. It's not a movie that anybody thinks about or has anything interesting to say about that nobody does a podcast about. And it's right, but you're you're welcome. We're bringing you back. This is the only Life with Mikey podcast you're likely to ever hear. (laughs) That's not true. That's probably true. true. Michael J. Fox doesn't talk about Life with Mikey. I know. God, I wish I could meet him. I just want to talk about that one movie with you. Are you kidding? Like, he's done, like, all these great movies, but I'm going to ask him about this movie. Randomly, they they reference this movie in a title card on Spin City. The last episode of Michael J. Fox's run on Spin City is called Life with Mikey. (gasps) Oh, I loved Spin City when he was on there. It's a good show. No one remembers Spin City. No one, re- but they should. Have lots of great people come from that. That's why Amy has got a Spin City podcast starting That's next week. Starting next week. <laughs> My special guest Connie Britton will be on there. As well. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Friday Night Lights. We're just going to talk about Spin City. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will not be having Charlie Sheen on. That's uh, not going to happen. So. Barry Bostwick will do it. Barry Bostwick he'll, would he'll do come it. here and sit in your he would actually, in your yeah. living room. I wouldn't mind that. Just In exchange for a lap. meal. Yeah. <laughs> I love Barry Boswick. I'm all over that. I wonder if he'll put on his outfit for a rock Michael Lord. Boatman. I'd have Michael Boatman, Boatman on my show. Fuck, yeah. I'd have him on this show for Alan no reason. Alan Ruck. Al- <laughs> There's an Alan Ruck shit in the woods. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I can name all the main cast of Spin City. Because they were great. <laughs> it was a great show. Come on. Let's talk about that instead. <laughs> Again, no bad actors. No, I mean, you know, it wasn't like that. That's this. That's not what what you know. Kind of shitting on this movie is about. It's just that it just wasn't a great film. Yeah, it, they they kind of made it like fun. Yeah, they just yeah yeah with how they acted. Yeah, good charisma, good good on screen presence for all of them. It just wasn't. And God bless Judy. I just want to know where Judy is. <laughs> I really want to know where Judy is. is she... <laughs> Did she do anything after this? List, I don't know. But like, she was bigger than some of those. She was in more uh, clips than that Carol. Like, <laughs> yeah, Carol was only in the one fucking clip. And Judy? Judy doesn't get shit, apparently. Judy is not listed on the Wikipedia. For I'm this going movie. to IMDb, thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I got to find Judy. I want to know where she is. So the chemistry between Michael J. Fox and Christina Vidal is really the, the main yeah. driver of this movie. It's really what this movie is all about. And if you if you give if you look at it like that, then uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's actually a lot to enjoy about this. It's a breezy film. Yes. Uh, you know the, the there's no conflict. Really? <laughs> no. no. And, and like you kept she waiting for it. She goes to her first audition, and he just kind of flashes that little life with Mikey charm, and gets her, and she immediately gets the job. Yeah, like he was just right. See, like, and that's the problem because I, I think that the whole Michael Chapman character, this movie should have been better because of it. Because he, he, he's again very charismatic, um, very interesting, very um, early '90s kind of guy in movie um but i i really liked him it's just a shame that the stuff built around him in this film didn't work you know what i mean like especially the third act or the lack thereof yeah, uh, yeah. just there, those repeated scenes of kids just auditioning over right. and over oh. again 
Exactly. So many, and they just keep trying. But they're <laughs> funny, though. Yes. Like, they made them funny. At the very least, you know, if you're going to do that, they should be funny, uh, even if they don't matter in any way. Exactly. <laughs> Barbara Hollander played Judy in this film, by the, the way. Who the hell is Barbara Hollander? I'm looking, trying to figure it out. She was in Everyone Says I Love You, Deconstructing Harry, Guiding Light, and Life with Mikey. I, I, she was probably doing Ethel Merman in all of them. Probably. <laughs> I love Deconstructing Harry. I mean, again, but, you know, fuck off. But, I mean, he. he uh, I, I, I don't remember Judy in that film at all. <laughs> or Everyone Says I Love It's weird that we brought up Woody Allen, and yeah. it's like she's in two of those. Well, of course she is. Yeah, she's she's a, fucking Judy. She's a New York actor. Yeah, you makes know? sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, is that all she's done? Oh, she was on uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete, which is fantastic, by the way. <laughs> Um, she was a drunk girl in the short Both Thumbs huh. from 2009. Was that so, the last credit? Yeah. 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 Judy, I'm sorry, Barbara, we're going to get you back into acting, baby. <laughs> well, now you don't know that she hasn't been like doing a lot of theater. She could be doing theater. I'm just assuming that I'm correct. I'm going to get you back into acting, Barbara. Or at least we just need get to get you on Broadway because you got to use that voice, baby. <laughs> You know, you want to know something? You want to think about something very odd? What? Barbara is our age now. Fuck off! <laughs> no, Barbara. I'm going to keep you in young fact, in my head. All of the kids in this movie are now in their 40s. They are. Yeah, like David Krumholtz <laughs> is my age. That's weird. Right? Oh, I don't want to think about this anymore. It's weird <laughs> to see them as kids and then, like, know that they are, like, all yeah. grown now, very grown. And like you, they're like real estate agents and supermarket managers, and oh god! <laughs> I mean, I could like yeah, real estate probably out in like San Bernardino, <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, I was an actor once, like a, but I really loved was a real estate teacher. You know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the Strindberg kid is like you know, sell, he's on TV selling things. <laughs> I don't want that for him. I know where he's at. I don't remember his character name, so I can't look God him damn up. damn it. <laughs> he could be boy. I mean, he could be in any of these. You know? His I, character, he was a named character. Eric he had multiple, the magician? Oh, multiple no, that lines the yeah. in the movie. And <laughs> I just don't remember That's him in any way whatsoever. He should have had a name. So, I mean, God, Judy Wasserman has a full name. She has a full name. That's full name. Wow. And she, gets irate man. And she was a, a multiple punchline in the movie. <laughs> like, Good everybody point. hated Judy. Yeah. Like, uh, Judy is constantly, Judy gets made fun of more than the serial king. Really does. And a, a yeah. couple of the jokes are actually um, aimed at, at Judy's weight, which kind of oh, pissed me off. I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I didn't all. notice that. But, I didn't notice that either. Yeah, yeah. The whole, like, um, well, what if the wrestler throws her back out and lands on, oh, you know, that whole line? Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah. you. Shut up. Not necessary. Yeah, there's Judy a wrestling, had a ton of confidence. There's a wrestling scene which in this movie. Which is so <laughs> out of left field. Oh, my God, my leg is so, asleep. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mikey takes all of his kid clients to see a wrestling match with the... Uh, Jerry the King Lawler and and Jeff Jarrett, who yeah. is still a professional wrestler to this day on Goodness. national television. He has to be a hundred years old. How old is he? I don't know. He's not even in the credits. I'm like, oh, there he is. Okay, so we got Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett yeah. Evil Eye. He's playing Evil he's Eye. He's playing in this. the Evil Eye. Holy shit! But he's dressed like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and they As never mention that the character's name is the Evil Eye. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry, he's not 100 years old. He was born in 67, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so he's 10 years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> I like my 
my people 10 years younger than me, if you don't mind. <laughs> right, Robbie? <laughs> Little Robbie nipples. On uh, uh, yeah, Jerry, sex pest Jerry the King Lawler, who Jerry, uh, oh yeah, may Is have it... tried to date some of the young girls in this in this uh, movie. Ew. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's an accused uh, he's an accused child rapist. Was uh, he the one? No, in the mask, Jerry Lawler. He was in. The, he's he's Andy Kaufman's friend. That's who I. Okay, yeah, that's okay. how you know him. I'm gonna start laughing here in a minute. I'm really sorry, but my leg is so asleep. That it's tickling all the way up into my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> just giving me the chills. And can you put him on your lap? Just take, I can try. Here, take the sit, dog. Sit here. I have to. <laughs> I can't feel anything. <laughs> this movie. What is happening right now? My leg is asleep. <laughs> I can't walk. If I get up, I will fall. I'm telling you that right now. Good God. I had welcome a dog on my the, lap. Welcome to the chair podcast. Yeah, well, you knew you need, we were gonna we were gonna come up with it. You need better ergonomics, is uh, the issue. Yeah, yeah, I like my two dollar chairs from Goodwill. They're about <laughs> fall fall apart anyway. Oh God, this is a whole documentary about Jerry Lawler just playing right now. <laughs> we don't need to give that. We don't need that. Yeah. Anisha Figueroa played Kimberly Denise Jackson, who had a beautiful voice there at the end, and I just wanted to see where. Yeah, she was. She was she lovely. That, and that was a. But that's a weird note to end on. She's it not is. a character in the movie, but she gets the ending of the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She yeah. comes in randomly for an audition as they're shutting down the office, and uh, they're trying to convince. Like the whole tension is they're trying to convince Nathan Lane not to close the office because they got their big client back, and like everything's back to the status quo, but slightly better. And he's still like. I don't know. I'm going to go work for Uncle Jerry, I guess. No. Uh, I'm going to shut down the office. <laughs> you know so what then... I also thought of, though, is that, like, it, why didn't he just try to keep it open himself if he was, like, like the other the other one? Why do you need two people to do yeah, this? Yeah, you don't need. I mean, the other guy, he clearly cared more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he actually treated if, it like a real job. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I mean, he could do it by himself. It, yeah. Like, there's really no reason why, yeah, my, why he wants. I guess he just wants to work with his brother, but like, yeah, there's nearly no reason why why Nathan Lane's character needs to be there. No, <laughs> you don't really serve a purpose necessarily, like, except except you know to to show well, us I mean, high blood pressure. He kept, uh, That's it. he kept the whole thing going, you yeah, know, because but but now that he's now that Michael J. Fox now that Mikey is a responsible adult doing responsible adult things, like he can is do he? this by himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We talk about his apartment, by the way. I fucking oh. loved his apartment. I'm sorry. But what about the thing where he's just like, he's eating cereal and he just dumps the uh, cereal on uh, the floor? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, uh. why is this a trope in comedy where it's like, yeah, oh, it's he's so, a bachelor. It's a white bachelor. Here, uh. <laughs> like, yeah. What was the point? I don't understand that. You know, I, I, I live alone. It's, and and I make sure that my I'm constantly concerned that my apartment might smell bad, so I'm constantly cleaning things up to make sure that it's not. And you're constantly you know. also looking in the fridge to make sure that your milk isn't three years old. <laughs> yes. How hard is, is that? A normal thing, and to not eat it if it is. Yeah, just to prove a point. Like, but I mean, that's again, they're trying to do that whole. It's a comedy thing. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, he, it's, he's a slob, which Michael J. Fox never looks like a slob. He no, looks no, well he, put together at all times. Right, he really can't hair is pull perfect. off the slob. Yes, hair's uh, very nineties. That whole ninety three <laughs> haircut. But no, I mean, actually, all of his outfits are on point. Like yeah. he's a handsome dude. Like he, he doesn't tell... look. He doesn't look like the kind of guy whose apartment is like 
Like his neighbor complains that his apartment constantly smells, and that the garbage, you know, everything sounds, smells like a she sewer. And... Desperately, like she was incredibly shocked that somebody had taken the trash out of his apartment. <laughs> to she... the point, like she looked like she was going to call the cops. <laughs> That's Mrs. Cantrell, I, by the way. I was very worried that that was one of those scenes that wasn't going to hold up well. Like she was trying to arrest the little black girl for, oh, or, or the little Spanish girl for, yeah. for taking out the trash. Oh. It yeah. was like, no, she was just really happy that someone finally did it. Yeah. So That's the that, twist on the scene. She's, the she's not a horrible thing. racist. She's just happy that this apartment doesn't smell as bad. No, they left the racism to Baranski in this film. Because <laughs> we had to have one, at least one scene <laughs> like, of, a, of a Karen in the wild. Uh, I, I wonder, though, okay, so I'm going to get into something that maybe not is all that comfortable, but uh, is, would you consider this to be kind of a white savior movie? Yes. Yeah. 100%. That is unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably yep. one of the because, unfortunate reasons why this movie doesn't hold up. You know, and I, but I don't think that, like, I'm guessing somebody like Michael J. Fox probably didn't see it like that. You know, I mean, well, it, cause it was a trope a of every, like, a every, dozen yeah. different movies at the time. Like, you know, little, little ethnic kid uh, is, doesn't have parents, and some white person has to come along and, you know, take care of him. Save him. Yeah. yeah. But then it was, again, the nice thing, though, is at least we got Ruben Blades in there, who is a Essentially, yeah, essentially, a good like, father. That, again, that's treated like a twist, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's still weird that they stuff it in there. The ethnic parent is actually a good person. Oh my god! Yeah, how how rare of a of a trope that was. <laughs> good God! Yeah, no, it, it definitely has the, the, the whole white savior thing. What is, what is your take? Uh, like it, this, uh, there is a long term trope leading up into. I mean, it's still around today in many ways of this sort of white savior character. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't I guess I just haven't seen a lot of things with it in it. That's um, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> it means like it's going away. Right. Hopefully. Thank it God. really seems to be because I I mean I don't see a lot I don't see a lot of it and um it, it I, existed for us to the point where people write academic essays about it. Yeah. <laughs> and they should. I've and heard they about should. it. I've definitely <laughs> heard about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know. I for some reason it just didn't occur to me in this. Woke film. culture has destroyed this subgenre. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ron DeSantis. Go fuck off. Eat a bag of dicks, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Ron DeSantis. In Florida, you have to have white savior uh, movies. Oh my God, that's the yeah. only movie you're allowed to show. Because white Sean, that's the way movies used to be in my day. <laughs> Keep them white, tight, and completely full of savioring. <laughs> we don't use that word enough in this house, I don't think. Uh, no. Have I you been savioring today? I destroyed the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got something you like to talk about quick? No. <laughs> no. What about the milk scene again? What do you? What, do you <laughs> what about the? Okay, this this again. You, if you know me, you know me. Mm -hmm. What pisses me off is that she was making spaghetti and then she just leaves the pot of spaghetti there and the pan with the sauce is still on the stove, which means it's still warming. And then he leaves the apartment. Mm -hmm. You get spaghetti there. I, I'm just hungry. But like, why would you, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Don't leave shit on, on a stove. And not no. like that, but it's really worried about the noodles because she's like, they were sticking to the side of the bowl. And it's like, where did yeah, that was? A, I mean, like, she's a kid. Mm. She probably doesn't know. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I made mean mac and cheese when I was her age. <laughs> I did. 
and I, I yeah. you got to get, get there. you got to get that skill. Yeah, but I mean, a full, with the noodles anyway. a yeah. full family dinner of spaghetti at that point. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit above her pay grade. I, it's, yeah, but it, it, it just sounds really good. Like, I really want spaghetti now. <laughs> so, I just wanted to bring that up. And, and just kind of hinting. With a nice, juicy meatball. You know, it's, it's really good meat. <laughs> Not too, not too overcooked, not too undercooked. Ah, uh, sun boist. <laughs> I'm doing Nathan Lane's monologue that got cut out of the movie. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> Are you sure that's not irate, irate man's line? Mandy, can we get Mandy Patinkin on the phone real quick? <laughs> so I just, it's like the top cast. And I was just kind of hoping that they would have his face up here. <laughs> It'd be so funny. It would be so funny. We never even saw him. We didn't even know he was there, but no. he was there in spirit. Jerry Lawler had a bigger part than Mandy Patinkin yeah. in this movie. What does that tell you? <laughs> Mandy Patinkin was completely cut out of the film. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why. <laughs> I'm checking out the, the the going to the fandom page for Life with Mike because I kind of want to see. Oh, it was known as also known as Give Me a Break. Mm. That was the, oh. the the other title of this film. Oh, well, yeah, then they had to drop it because of uh, the TV show oh, game lawsuit break. Yeah. from uh... from 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 Neil Carter. Saying, <laughs> uh, hey guys, give me a break. <laughs> Do you not know of your profits? Exactly. <laughs> Bazing! Well done, well done. But yeah, it, 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 you know the budget was was two million. They made twelve. Million, they made money. So. I mean, yeah. you know, that's not great money. No. Not yeah. really. Uh, yeah. What is twelve point four million dollars today? Something that I still don't have. <laughs> Wish I had that. But is it? Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure adjusted for inflation, that's probably a pretty big hit. You know. Yeah, but for yeah for ninety three. Are you are you figuring it out? Or are you just texting yeah. a friend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie debuted at number seven in the box office. Aye. Yay. Sad. Yeah, this was kind of the end of Michael J. Fox's sort of. Uh, uh, I mean, he does do like Doc for Hollywood lot of money after this, right? This. Isn't it? I thought Doc Hollywood was before this. May have been. That could be. You know, we don't do research before the show. We do. Nope. It, we do it during the show. We, li- how we, we like it. We, we like it if we can pause <laughs> so you can think. Yeah, about that, what we're saying. Uh, the hard way, Doc Hollywood. Those are both ninety one. Oh, okay. uh, this came out in ninety three, followed by For Love of Money, and that yeah, that's pretty much after this. He's one? not, he's that's not he starring did. in many movies. He's he went to Spin City. like he did great in he was great in The American President, which is a supporting role. He did come back a little bit in The Frighteners with a lead role there, but that he movie was in didn't Mars Attacks, well. wasn't he? He was in Mars Attacks, yeah. but he's not a starring role. Oh, he was the voice of Stuart Little. Which How was a could huge you forget hit. that? You're right. It was a huge I hit. Stuart Little, Little. Stuart Little and Stuart Little too. That's right. Um, and uh, the lead voice in Atlantis as well. And then, of course, you know, everything kind of stops around 2002 because then that's when we find out, you know, yeah, yeah. about his uh, unfortunate disease, which is very sad. Yeah. But he's, he's still going. Still there. He's yeah. still, you know, doing everything he can and. Yeah, again, um, do see that documentary because that's yeah. that's still a Michael J. Fox movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of meaning to that too. And he narrates the whole thing, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So. Which is not easy for him to do. Right. Right. Well, again, it's nice to see him in this movie because there's not there's not a time where if I see his face in an old movie where I, I don't smile. He's he's just he's Michael J. Fox. We're lucky to have him. What did you come up with? Twenty six million. It would be twenty six million today. Yep. That's yeah. not, I mean, it's not, it's not a, terrible. It's not, it's not great, yeah. but yeah. 
Yeah. I'm sure that the producers were not <clears throat> happy with right. the, you know, but I guess the $10 million profit, you know, it'll be. It all just went to Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Christina, we'll buy you dinner at McDonald's. <laughs> you know? Um, I, I I do like Michael J. Fox a lot. I do too. Uh, he's just such a likable guy. Yep. The last the last really great thing that I saw him in, and I, I didn't watch him on The Good Wife, so I don't know if he, he was probably great on it. But I didn't oh, I didn't see him on that either, that, but, yeah. Uh, but he, when he was on Scrubs. Yes! So, thank you. He was so incredible on oh, Scrubs. Oh my God. Such it, a great well, performance. It's hard to find any actor that ended up on Scrubs. Like, you know, just this, like Brendan Fraser was on there. I mean, you, you get these really lovable guest stars on there, and Michael J. Fox was definitely one Please of the best. Please don't mention Brendan Fraser nope, on we're not Scrubs. Cry. Like, we're not going to cry. That is so emotional. Yep. It's so emotional. We're not crying. Have you seen Scrubs? Um, my mom was really obsessed with it, so I never watched it because <laughs> I I was spiting her a lot. But when you I would was love it. I mean, oh, yeah. the comedy's right up your it. alley. Yeah, I thought I would after a while, and I I I always think about watching it when we're up at the cabin because we have the discs and yeah, like that like was one of her favorite things to watch up there. Yep. Yeah, she took them because I had I had them out, and I'm like, I think I'm going to sell these, and she's like, I could take this to the cabin. I'm like, you want them, don't you? She took them. Yep. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you can watch everything on, on streaming now, so yeah. I don't really need the DVDs. Uh, I, 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 for one, am pro-physical media, but that's... You know. I Okay, look, I just, I got Toast of London DVDs. I wanted them. <laughs> I have them, and, you know, but it has to be, like, something that I'm, I really, yeah. you know, like, my absolutely fabulous. I have all, you know, the deluxe editions of these box sets. And yeah. So, so obviously I, I have those. I made a big purchase this week. Oh, that, no. Uh, uh, because I love movies and physical Obviously. media, yep. and there's a particular part of our culture that is, I I worry that will go what continue to kind of decline is poster art. <gasps> yeah, I bought so many posters. There's a uh, drive-in theater here locally that is selling movie posters. Uh, like I got I got so many posters for like just fifty bucks. I got uh, so many posters. No shit. Like what? <laughs> I've got Barbie. Oh. Uh, the new Barbie movie hasn't even come out yet. Oh, I've got the poster for that. But I also picked up one that I'm giving to my uh, co-host on the uh, on the other Everyone's a Critic show mm-hmm. uh, for for Bob, which Wait. is The Happening. The ha- oh, <laughs> no. Is that the movie about the hot dogs? <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's the movie about the hot dogs. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Oh, my God. It's... It's the weirdest fucking movie. <laughs> it's so terrible. It doesn't make any sense. And there's this whole soliloquy or whatever this it is. Guy, this random guy, not even a like, not even a character in the movie. I don't even know if he has. He may actually be referred to as hot dog guy Probably in is. the credits. But he stops the entire movie to look at Zoe Deschanel and go, you like hot dogs, don't you? <laughs> just delivered it just like that. And she just looks at him. She just looks at him bemused like. No. <laughs> <laughs> The world is dying yeah. because trees are killing people. They're putting toxins into the air that make people crazy to the point where a guy lays down in front of a lawnmower yeah. that is coming down a hill and lets the lawnmower run over him. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Dude, it's, it's M. Night Shyamalan. What do you want? It's a twist. Everything's a twist with him, this asshole. Yeah. Come on. Six cents. Fool me once, okay? There's just like then... the, there's this great scene with John Leguizamo, like he oh, and Mark no. Wahlberg are best friends yeah. in the movie. They're both teachers, and like Leguizamo's got to go with this group of people who are going somewhere else, and it's he bad. needs he needs uh, Wahlberg to take care of his daughter. So they're like this having this very normal conversation about how okay, I'm going to go with them, 
you take her and make sure she's okay. Then he looks at Wahlberg and goes, you better take care of my daughter. You can't let, do not let her get hurt. And he goes back to like, okay, well, I'll see you guys later, okay? Then I got to go with them now. Like, what the fuck? Because the trees were talking to her, right? It's a movie about the talking trees and hot dogs. Yeah. I, I, that's just how I'm going to describe that movie always. <laughs> the movie with hot dogs. <laughs> Do you like the movie about hot dogs? <laughs> the happening. So did they have any old, guys, old ones? Guys, what's happening with the bees? <laughs> what's happening with bees, guys? Not the, the bees. bees are dying. Oh, no, that's a different that's movie. A, that's a legitimate yeah, monologue from Mark, Mark Wahlberg yep. in The Happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, black one. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to tell this woman, that he, this person who's in the house, they're trying to find some shelter, and he's just trying to convince them don't worry, I'm a normal guy. Oh, Blackwater, keep on... Yeah, of all fucking songs, you're choosing that one? That's not normal. But also, who starts singing to a stranger like, this makes me seem normal? Yeah, well, okay, but I worked in a record store for almost 25 years, so that's nothing new to me. You know? And the guy ends up shooting two teenagers in that scene. Yeah. Through the door, just yeah. fires his shotgun and kills two teenagers. So what we're saying is, you probably will enjoy life with Mike. Yeah, compared uh, to the happening. Compared to the happening. <laughs> As well you should, because there's no trees or hot dogs mentioned oh, yeah, The, the oldest poster I got was was Tommy, the Who's Tommy. <gasps> That's awesome. Yeah. That's really Yeah, I've got some great. really, really great posters for very, very cheap. So it it's very, so, uh, I, But like I said, physical media is a, is a big thing for me. Yeah. I have to figure out where to hang these, because I've got so many of them now. <laughs> well, that was never... I mean... Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking to a person who's had walls filled with these yeah. things, but at the same time, if you don't have enough wall space, then, you know. I got wall space. I got a little wall space. So what, what, is, uh, what is next week? Are you ready for I this? I am ready for this. We're watching Jurassic Park next week. I can't make next week. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Jurassic Park. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care about dinosaurs. I don't give a shit. Well, we're you're going to be watching Jurassic Park next week. Well, at least I get to see Jeff Goldblum. That'll make me happy. Shirtless. <laughs> That'll make me happy. I love that man. He can do anything. I'd, I'd watch anything for him, but I just don't give a fuck about Jurassic Park. I really don't. Maybe you'll come around on it. No, I don't think I will. What about you? Have you seen it? I have not. You've I have never not seen Jurassic seen Park? Any sort of Even movies. the newer ones? Mm-mm. Even the newer ones? I haven't seen any of the new ones. Good. I, yeah. Chris Pratt. What is your take on dinosaurs? Uh, I had a huge obsession with them when I was younger, actually. Especially I... the, the, the nugget ones. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> you loved those. Those dino bites. See, I, well, I had a whole thing. One, uh, I don't know how long this lasted. It was a while. It was like, I don't know. I was in elementary school. And I brought home a bunch of books, and I wanted to be a paleontologist. Is that because Ross was? I don't think I had seen that yet. I think it was mostly um, Grandpa Wayne. He that makes sense. Always showed me so many science things, that and so I sense. just, I was just like, okay, dinosaurs. I'm gonna look at these. There and it is. These look cool. <laughs> so I'm into dinosaurs now. Uh, <laughs> I like dinosaurs. No, I, this dinosaurs. this dream. <laughs> This dream died when Amy tried to convince you that the dinosaurs walked with the humans 2,000 years ago. That's right. <laughs> as, as the Bible tells as you. As the Bible. Well, yes. you know what a Bible beater I am. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I physically beat the Bible. <laughs> so, yeah. Amy, Amy was the curator at the Creation Museum for many years. Many years. <laughs> People still 
Shout my name from rooftops. <laughs> Remember that crew from the Creative Creation Museum? Ah, oh, she was. She got great tits. That one. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just as God made me. And that's all I'm saying about that. Fuck Jurassic Park. God damn it. <laughs> I love Jurassic Park, so I think it's great. Uh, I mean, it's not the Chris Pratt version, so I, I yeah. will probably like it. <laughs> Laura Dern. Sam I love. Neal, okay, I love Laura Dern. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Okay. Yeah. I still hate dinosaurs. <laughs> Wayne Knight, isn't it? Wayne Knight is. Isn't it? Is he moist? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, I didn't remember him in that. It's weird. We, we, speaking of moisture, we forgot to mention. In life, <laughs> there is a moisture moment. We had a good yeah. classic 90s, but it wasn't because somebody was moist. No. It was because Michael J. Fox was talking to a woman who said that she had changed. She got a new moisturizer, you know, and he says, well, good, you, you look very moist. <laughs> and that was early on in the film, and I, I applauded it. Yeah. I, I, we, we, we won it. the bingo card. We won the it bingo was great. Yep. <laughs> yep. This movie, so. this movie is filled with sitcom tropes, just end to end sitcom tropes. That's that true. you, if yeah. you want to play a sitcom trope uh, <laughs> game with this one, you could. And I think a lot of the '90s, early '90s films, especially, uh, all kind of played into that. If, if it was a comedy, yeah. then a lot of it is going to be kind of sitcommy, you know. But then pretty soon you've got. You know, 1994 rolling along and Pulp Fiction's just kicking your ass and nobody wants to see a fucking comedy anymore. And so. That's a whole other curse. On oh, the, on the yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's everybody trying to be Tarantino. Yep. Oh, God. And then. <laughs> uh, so oh. I'm, we're not going to be watching any of the, anything after Pulp Fiction that is like Pulp Fiction. We we're just not going to yeah. watch that. Yep. It's. It's like when Loverboy's lead singer came along and said, well, thanks to Nirvana, we can't make records anymore. <laughs> you know? And it's like, shut up. You were... No one's listened to you since 1985, Loverboy. Nirvana didn't ruin your career. You did. Just do better, <laughs> you know? Sorry. I'm so... well, I don't know. I, I get so angry about shit like that. But, I mean, that is true yeah. in the case of Tarantino. It's very yeah. true. Everybody's working for the weekend. Oh, everybody's working for the weekend. I hate that. You have song. no idea what we're talking about. You know what? I'm glad that, you know, but the thing is, I sheltered you from a lot of shitty music. So I, I did a good job. And you're welcome. You don't know who Loverboy is. You don't need to know. She wins. Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Smile on my face. Have you seen Robbie's nipples? Look at it. Like two little eyes. Imagine if he listened to this podcast ever and he's just like, There's Man, a cardboard. these people really talk There's about my cardboard. nipples. Cut out of Robert Sheehan in the room right now. Well, yes. I, okay, let's mention though too that he's also adorned with with which fairy would probably lights. be which would probably be more imperative, more appropriate for your you know Umbrella Academy. It podcast, will be, but, but since little Robbie is here, <laughs> we needed a mascot. Meanwhile, uh, Jurgen Proke now is supposed to be the mascot. It's on back order. He's supposed to be because it, it, wait because the picture was pixelated and I kept getting yeah. emails back saying okay, well it's pixelated. We need to choose a different shot. So then I kept sending that in. And then they just kept saying that I had to get the right shot. So now it's it's back ordered. Jurgen is coming. But until then, Robbie, little Robbie Sheehan, is going to have to be our mascot. And guess what? He's been with us since the beginning. So don't get pissed <laughs> off at me that he's doing a great job as our mascot. Of course, so the only people who know that are the people who subscribe to the uh, 
to the VHS of this podcast, which is the only way you can watch the video version of the show is yes. via VHS. Yep, you have to send in a self-addressed stamped envelope to 6969 69th Street, Pueblo, Colorado, 69696. That's the only way to get it. Or you could come here and I can just run one off. <laughs> you can look at the Patreon. You while you're here. <laughs> the Patreon's up on the tree outside. Just leave a dollar. Hit a dollar to the tree. I'll throw a tape out at you. You'll be fine. <laughs> one day that will be the case. I really do want that. You know. Somewhere s- it needs to be there. Just, just people in a line out there. Just like, we're here for the Patreon. <laughs> Don't forget to leave a comment. <laughs> yelling things at my door. <laughs> Great episode two weeks ago. It took us that long to get here. <laughs> See, if that's how the world worked, I would never leave my house. <laughs> so, all right. So next week, yeah. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Looking forward to it. Uh, Amy's going to shit on Jurassic Park. I'm going to bring out my Bible, you guys. <laughs> I'm so religious. <laughs> You know, you know what's great is that in a, in a hundred years, somebody's going to point at Jurassic Park and go, see, the dinosaurs did walk with people. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've got video evidence right. of dinosaurs walking with people. That's right. Well, That's right. you know, there are scientists currently trying to bring dinosaurs back. Yeah. So. Fuck around uh, and find out. Fuck yeah. around and find out. <laughs> Literally. It's terrifying. It's the best of us. We did that. Fuck <laughs> around and find out.